Broadcasting live from the R&R Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Presented by Tequila Embajador. All right, Lincoln, I, you know, like you said, there's five games left. Um, I lose track at this time of year. Yeah, there are five games left. and Because you know, usually they're trying to look forward to something to be fond, you know, to be looking forward to. I don't know what we have right now, Vinny, after 12 games. I don't know. I've seen flashes, but I've also seen this team play down to the competition, and it's discouraging. Um, go back to the Miami game. It should not have been as interesting as it was. You know, um, I really thought the very highly of the team that stepped out to start the season to battle back against the Baltimore Ravens to play the way they did. Seemed for like, the defense seemed like a long time ago. Oh, it was a long time. It was eons ago. Hell, the Denver Bronco game, the first Bronco game, was it was eons ago. Um, and when you watched them, what they did against, you know, Philadelphia at home, I want to see more than that, more of that. So I really don't know where we are after 12 games. Yep, uh, I agree. And... Um... Hold that thought, okay? Because we're going to go out to the Raider Nation uh, guest line and welcome in our good friend, Doctor Robert Odell, from the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. Doctor Odell, how are you hey. doing, my friend? I'm just got home from work. Doing ah. great. Got to get upstairs so the barking dogs won't uh, bother anybody. We love <laughs> we love barking dogs. Uh, and by the way, this is a, a new segment that we're going to be introducing. Most, most, mostly we'll be doing it on Mondays, uh, but the doctor is all over helping a lot of people, uh, including out of state. So sometimes uh, it'll be on Tuesdays rather than Mondays, but, uh, but mostly Mondays and, and Fridays uh, from this point on uh, to get his thoughts on what happened on Sunday, some of the injuries that occurred on Sunday, uh, and then also... Um, you know, his thoughts moving forward and, and, and all that type of thing. Dr. Odell, first, before we get into any of that, uh, I know you took in your first game uh, at Allegiant Stadium with the Raiders on Sunday. I believe it was your first game. Um, my third. Oh, it was your third. Okay. Um, yeah, my third, but we sat in the end zones. And the other two, I got my neighbor's seats. He paid uh, PSL, but he didn't pay as much as I thought for the 35-yard line. was right in the cusp, and seats were awesome. They were, yeah. The, 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 every seat there is pretty darn good, but when you start talking about uh, Doctor Odell's world, um, uh, those are really good seats. Uh, what, I, I couldn't afford the PSL. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I hear you. But uh, but my neighbor can. But it's, it's so nice of him. To, I mean, the plus there was parking. Although I, uh, when I left, I went in the wrong direction. But you know, that was the most fun game I've ever been to that we lost. The other teams, the uh, Redskins teams, were fun. Were great. Uh, Nice people. I said, um, you know, Redskins are my second favorite team. That's not really true, but uh, what I really don't like is the uh, the government in Washington. They all laughed. <laughs> I think uh, I'm sure a lot of people agree with you uh, on, on that. Uh, and you know, they're they're a team that's that's playing pretty well. They've won four straight. Um, uh, tough loss for the Raiders, uh, no question about it. There were some tough injuries uh, as well. One in particular, I don't know if you um, you know happen to see the one with Kenyon Drake, the running back who broke his ankle. I did. Yeah, I did. Um, and I don't know if I, I sent you the video of that. And you know, Kenyon. Uh, later on Sunday night, sort of took the NFL to task about, hey, you need to start looking at um, the way the way us running backs get tackled sometimes and put them, you know, there's danger as a result. I don't know if you got a chance to look at that um, at, at that video, uh, and if so, uh, any thoughts that you might have on what Kenyon had to say? I, 
I, I, I don't. I did not have a chance to look at it because because I, I uh, had my party, Christmas party for my staff uh, Saturday, and because uh-huh. of the Raiders game Sunday, I took the whole weekend off, and I didn't get to my charts. So I apologize, but I can look at it. Yeah, I, I think without looking at it, I mean, the running backs, you can't be afraid to get hurt. That's the thing. I mean, I, I just think there comes a point where they're going to have to change it to flag football or there's only so much that they can do. And I think a lot of these calls, uh, hitting a quarterback and stuff, are questionable because guys are in motion, they're pumped up. I mean, it's a, it's a tough game. You know, it is, and and there was a. Uh, I think you're referring to the uh, um, the uh, roughing the passer on Max Crosby, which, you know, they they the way that rule is written, Doctor Odell, you're not allowed to um, fall on the player with your weight, like you can't. But the, my question is, well, what is the defensive player supposed to do when you're moving forward and the quarterback is falling backwards and you're falling with them? There's really in in the, in the blink of an eye, I should say, there's not much that the defender can do with his momentum moving uh, the way it's moving to all of a sudden, you know, turn or whatever, or try to avoid it's a bad rule. It's a bad rule. Exactly. And it was a big play, by the way. Uh, it was a very big play in the, in the, in the whole scheme of things. I thought, I thought though that, that, that non-call uh, uh, cost us the game. Oh, the pass interference call at the end of the yeah. game. Yeah. What I was mean, the, I, uh, what was the reaction down uh, uh, in the, uh, in the uh, high roller section that you were in Dr. Odell when that happened? Not happy. Remember, I'm only using my neighbor's tickets. Okay. <laughs> We know how oh, you roll. I mean, everybody was gentlemen. I mean, the Redskins, uh, a, a team was great. The, I mean, the fans were great. You know, everybody was. It's just a somebody. Somebody that I didn't know had got, seen the stadium described as the most amazing thing he's ever seen. And what I don't understand, Vinny, how did they design such an incredible stadium and get it built so quickly? There had to be some serious money spent ahead of time uh, on a fly that we would get a team. It is it's phenomenal to me because what I didn't know it be in this thirty-five yard, you know, this yard line. There's a there's a bar in the back. Yes, you know where 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 uh, it's restricted, so the lines aren't as long. And uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's it just numb. It mind is mind numbing how incredible the stadium is and and how they did it so fast. There there had to be a lot of work. Maybe somebody knew the Raiders or somebody was going to come here eventually. Well, it was basically, you know? yeah, it was basically they'd already started designing and, and planning it uh, before approval. But almost immediately after the NFL approved the Raiders to move here. Uh, Which was when? Uh, was 2008, the very beginning of 2018, I want to say, or maybe it was 2017. Um, somewhere along there, like like uh, March, it might have been March of 2018. 18, or maybe 17. I have to look back, but uh, okay, somewhere right there, around there. There was enough time for all the architectural stuff, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just marveling at this thing with, with all the amenities. I mean, you can sit there in a lounge chair and watch the game. For those of you who haven't gone, uh, it, it really should. I mean, I know the prices, the tickets are expensive, but honestly, wherever you sit, it's worth it. It really is. It's a salute to uh, the planners, whoever... Uh, the architects were the the, the the visionaries. It's uh, I've been around football my whole life, as you know, and and uh, I was, uh, you know, just amazed. Yep, no question about it. We're talking to Robert, or Dr. Robert Odell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center, and I tell you guys all the time, um, whether you're young, old, uh, whatever the case might be. 
Um, and if you're dealing with some sort of a, some sort of pain, don't a be afraid to call the doctor, and b don't just think because you're a certain age that you have to just uh, grin and grit through it. There are solutions out there. There's remedies out there. There's techniques out there. And the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, has your back in that regard, and Dr. Robert O'Dell uh, specifically. So please give them a call, 702-257-7248. They have a plan. Uh, 7246. 7246, yes. And if they, and, and if they, if they can't help you, Dr. O'Dell is one of those guys that's going to find somebody that can help you. He's not opposed uh, to sending you down the street or uh, oh, yeah, across town. Yeah. Triage is important, knowing, you know, knowing where to send people, absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Odell, uh, I wanted to get uh, to talk to you about um, Cleveland Browns' right tackle. The Raiders are going to be playing uh, the Cleveland Browns here in a couple of weeks, but I think an injury has taken out one of their, one of their key players, uh, Jack Conklin. And um, I just wanted to talk to you about this injury because we hear it a lot, and I'm wondering if you could shed a little bit of light on it. But um, the surgery that Jack Conklin underwent uh, successfully, so... Uh, was to repair a ruptured patella tendon and patellar tendon. And I was just wondering, what exactly are we dealing with that? And, you know, uh, what's, what, what kind of uh, um, uh, road is he looking at in terms of the recovery? You know, I, I wish Steve were on the conductor. I was on the call, but I, I believe that this is a fairly relatively easy one to overcome because as a tendon heals in, it scars and it'll be stronger. The rehabilitation for a tendon is really only in one direction. And, for example, if you inter- injure your knee, your quadriceps, the muscle gets weak, you have to rehab the heck out of that. Well, this is just the attachment mechanism, the tendon. And I believe that with a successful surgery, once, and I, I'm not sure how many weeks into go by, probably more than six, where uh, he wouldn't be at risk for rupturing again, I believe he'll be as good as new. You know, I'm talking off the top of my head, and I, I promise the listeners I will look this up to make sure that I'm um, um, not blowing smoke. But um, I believe this is something that's fairly will be fairly straightforward. Uh, you know, it, 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 I, I've never really heard of any long-term disabilities from ruptured uh, tendons at, at that area because, again, it's gr- it's gristly material. It's it's the surgeons repair it. I could I could describe it because I've seen it many times when I did anesthesia. You know, going in and out of the of the tissue, and it, but it, but it's 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 a good it's a good surgery. I mean, it's it, he'll be fine. I think we're talking to Doctor Robert. I hope, he's, I hope he's not fine until after the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, right. They, the Raiders need all the help they can get right now. Um, and we're talking to Ro- Doctor Robert Odell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. You can call them at 702-257-7246. They've got well, you covered. Go ahead. Well, my dad was, as you know, an elite, world class football player and uh he says that uh, i ran fast but in one place otherwise i'd be happy to go down there but you know i just uh, run fast in one place <laughs> there you go all right dr odell before we get you out uh uh today and we're going to talk to you again on friday um uh, absolutely uh anything that you want to talk about that you guys uh, have got going uh, maybe this week or this month uh, or in general uh, over at the neuropathy and pain center now we're, we're working on multiple projects. Uh, the big thing is the headache uh, that I may have mentioned last time. Uh, we can use a variety of non relatively non-invasive techniques along with our Synexus device, which, by the way, we need to talk to the trainers about getting into the Raiders dressing room, uh, training room. Um, 
uh, and, and this thing works wonders for people with migraines. I'm still offering to anybody who has migraine headaches, uh, come to the office and I'll take your insurance. We'll do it for nothing because I'm trying to get a small series so I can uh, try to try to you know take this data to an institutional review board and get a a regular study. You know you have to show safety and everything, but it's a very very safe procedure. It's not even an injection in most cases. And uh, people, my, my own billing um, person, she had a my acute migraine. I, I put the I gave her an, uh, stelic, I mean a. Uh, uh, the, the block in the nose, the uh, sphenopalatine ganglion, it's called, and I gave her three synexus treatments, and she has not had a headache in nine months. Well, I mean, there you, and and we all deal with headaches, and some more than uh, others. And uh, if it's as simple as that, and as easy as that, and as effective as that, as that, why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Call the doctor, uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Center uh, of Las Vegas, 702-257-7246. He's giving it away for free, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to show what he's, what, you know, what they're capable of doing, what they're able to. Uh, well, yeah, to do. and again, it'll be limited. I mean, to. Probably in a couple of months we'll we'll be charging or we'll right, use right. the insurance. I don't really know what the model's going to be, but I mean it's life changing. I mean I've never had headaches except for well my marriage. But, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just I think, kidding. I think I've we're... never had really headaches. Never really had much chronic pain. Uh, so I really I don't have a visceral feeling, but I just imagine what people put up with. Yep, absolutely, Doctor Odell. I cannot wait till Friday because I want to ask you to explain what the Synexus machine is all about. Um, so we'll talk to you on Friday, right. and we'll get an update and uh, an overview of, of all that. But until then, enjoy the rest of the, your, your week. Keep doing the great work that you're doing, uh, and, and we appreciate you, Dr. Odell. All right, make sure you tell your listeners to talk to their fathers and grandfathers and come and see us. Yep, absolutely. we Will do, Dr. Odell. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you on Friday. That was Dr. Robert Odell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Our thanks again to Dr. Robert Ordell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center here in Las Vegas. Uh, they do good work, and um, everybody should take advantage of what they have to offer. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. It's a Tuesday, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Uh, it's brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Eddie is in L.A. How you doing, Eddie? Hey, how you guys doing? How's it going, Big Link? What's up, bro? Okay, one of the things I wanted to want to suggest or want to say, when is the time we start blaming this coaching staff? I mean, I understand the the you know, all the adversity that they've had to deal with with what happened earlier in the year, but at the at, at the same time, when is, when are they going to dig down and start seeing what what their game planning, whatever they're doing to get these guys ready to start fast is not working and changing? When is the focus going to be towards them? I remember when we had Walsh. And those type of uh, offensive coordinators that we had anemic offenses, and at times it looks like we're headed that direction. When is the time we sit there and they they fire up uh, um, a light under their torch and start pushing that narrative? I mean, it's it's. I understand we, we the players uh, you know have to be focused, but if you look at teams like New England and the handful of players in there, there's no superstars on that team yet. They're 
is year in and year out. The hoodie has his team ready to play, ready to go. They're, they're, they're not missing assignments at the same rate as we are, at least from afar. Of course, I'm watching the same as you guys do, but what do you guys think about that? Well, look, for the coaching staff is under a microscope as well. I mean, we we've, we focused on the players, but I've always said coaches coach players play. And the coaches staff is going to get it, – it is under the microscope. They're getting some blame too for not, one, not getting your team fired up to where they come out flat. It takes something, you know, whether it's a turnover or some miscue to, to, to sort of spark this offense in the latter part of the game rather than the start. That falls on coaching. That's yeah. all falls on on execution, but it falls on coaching. And and again, we're and just like I said at the start of the show, Vinny. We're we're at a point of the season where we've seen this scenario over the last couple of years, and nothing has changed. Right. You know, sometimes and and things have changed. The dynamics, some of the dynamics have changed, but the results, the result, yeah, have changed. True story. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like last year was the defense. Yeah. For the most part. Yep. This year now it's you know these these inexplicable slow starts and inability to to cash more touchdowns uh, in uh, on on the other side of the field compared to to field goals. Uh, Eddie, um, always love your call by the way. Thank you very much. Um, you know we ask all the time, what can be done? What are you doing to get this thing jump started a little bit quicker? And it's not like they're not thinking about it. Trust me. I mean, Rich Passaccia told us yesterday they've done everything from, you know, jacking up the intensity to start practices. Um, you know, like they, they, they do, they do, they're trying. It's not for a lack of trying, um, you know, that they're not trying to simulate things during practice to try to, you know, get the mind right. So that by the time the game comes around, their mind is right to start it off. Um, but it's, nothing has worked uh, right now, and I think I, you know, for me, Lincoln, I, I get right down to it's it's just a lack of execution, and I don't know. Like you can answer this better than I can. Urgency. Did you play with it, or can you put? Is there something tangible uh, or a finger that you can put on that can explain playing with an urgency as a football player? If you're not fired up to play a football game, there's something wrong with you. You're in the wrong. Do you business. think they're not fired up? I don't know. The results show that they're not. Right. Like I, you know, I, I, they, I don't know. What was what was the game? Which game was it? Was it uh, what the, the turnover that happened where Darren Le- Dalen Levitt got the ball and got down to what the five, the eight yard line? Um, what, which game was that? It was the. Uh, uh, it was at home. Been, not the Kansas City Chiefs. Anyway, yeah. Right. The, the point is, is that when you come out, the Bengals. It was the Bengals. Oh, Bengals was it? Okay. So when you come out in in a game like that, the start of game, early in the game. And you talk about the number of miscues. Now, it wasn't Josh Jacobs' fault that he couldn't find his helmet. It wasn't his fault. That's why Peyton Barber was in on the first play. But when you come out and you have that type of results, you, you're first down. This offense, first down and goal on the eight-yard line, and you run three plays for two yards. Something's wrong with that. I got a problem with that. I got I, Either it's preparation or execution or whatever you want to say. Something's wrong with it. Quick turnover, but you got to be ready to go. And there's no reason why you can't be ready to go. And if you're going to go with the, the check with me system or Derek and stuff, they had preset plays. Peyton Barber got the first handoff on their 34 wham play or their, their one of their favorite runs, got maybe a yard. The second one, they tried to throw the little flare pass to, to Josh Jacobs in, in the uh, in the flat, um, and it was behind him. And the third one, they went the other way to I, I think it was to to Drake, and it was it was off off target too. Or no, they, they tried to get to Waller. That was a tunnel screen. And the last one was uh, was to uh, to to Jacobs in the flat. You know, three plays, two yards, field goal. That that's pathetic. 
especially yeah. with the, the the potential and the ability with this offense. So it's instances like that where I say, Vinny, if you're not fired up to go out there and play, if you're not just chomping did at you the hear bit, what, did, Go ahead. But did but, you hear what, what Josh said about all that? We're going to get the uh, quote here about the uh, swagger and all that. Um, DeMond will, will look at it. I'd be to hear about it. Yeah. You know? yeah, I don't think you heard it, no. uh, and we played it yesterday, but uh, when, when DeMond's got it, because this is interesting to me, because it speaks exactly what you're talking about, and even he is like, I don't know why. Um, and, and it... it for, for yeah. being in those situations, you know what the one I'm talking you, about, right? Yeah, yeah, for being in those situations, I'm of the mindset that somebody on that offense has got to be the first raw right. Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's do it, let's do it. All right, you know, get in the huddle, settle down, call the play, let's execute, get them fired up for it because you should be chomping at the bet. I agree. Yeah, and, and if you call a run, ah, yeah, I've been looking for this all day. I'm glad we got the ball back. Let's match these boys. Uh, uh. Because that's not what it looked like in Cincinnati. No, it didn't. You know, uh, the, the defense makes a great play. Absolutely. Uh, Dalen is running his you-know-what yep. off, banging off bodies, yep. trying to fight for every yard. The yep. whole place is going nuts. And you would think, you know, even though it's a, w- whether you agree with the run call or not, that that offensive line would be just ready to it's just gotta, it's got to be execution right it's got to be you got to know where to do know where to go this is your signature run just you should play be with you 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 got to come off the ball yeah. and ready to rack to somebody's chin i didn't see that right i didn't see that so then they okay give cincinnati now now mind you cincinnati's safety was very nosy he's the one who made the tackle on Peyton Barber in the hole granted Okay, so when when that happens, then all of a sudden Peyton or the running back has to be his own blocker. Right, you've yeah. got to find a way to shake him. You've got a hole. Right, you've got one guy who's unaccounted for who's, who can't be blocked because of so, such a tight space the receiver couldn't get in there and, and and crack him. Then you got to be your own blocker. So again, that comes down to execution. Okay, the, the, the hole was open. Second play, tunnel screen to Waller. Hey, do you not think that the, 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 that Cincinnati is looking for where number eighty three is because they know that you like to go to them in this situation? Okay, you run a t- try to run a tunnel stream, doesn't get anything. Um, and then more importantly, it was just your wide receivers blocking. And then the third play, it's you know a little off target because it's behind Jacobs. I think he, he turned around. And, and then and then you have to settle for a field goal. It's disappointing. It is. Uh, and we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Robert is in San Jose. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Vinny and uh, Lincoln. Uh, it sounds a lot to me, Lincoln, like you're talking about coaching. And uh, obviously a longtime Raider fan here, but having watched. Hello? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got cut off. Repeat that last part. Finish that thought for me. Uh, having grown up here and, and watched uh, the 49ers with Bill Walsh and, mm-hmm. and now watching the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. uh, I see the lack of creativity in the Raider playbook. Right. Uh, you give Kyle Shanahan the Raiders' talent, even with the deficiencies on the offensive line, the Raiders are a much better team, at least offensively, in terms of scoring touchdowns. You see guys with 49ers running wide open just from play design and play calling, and that's an art, and Greg Olson just doesn't have it, and we know he's not going to be here next year uh, in terms of that position. Can you think of a bright offensive mind at this point in time uh, who you like to see come in, and do you think Mike Mayock survives this? And if not, 
where do you see uh, the Raiders perhaps going in that direction? Yeah, it, it's it's. Thank you for the call. It, it's a tough question, and the, the reason why is because you know when when Gruden was let go, it was his system that was in place. Yeah. So you're in a point where you re, you're in, into the season. You can't just totally just do away with the playbook because you haven't had a chance to practice or 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 to you know create another playbook to be able to install during your mid mid season. So you're just trying to ride this way from what you know. So I think there has to be better communication or better input from everyone all around from Johnny Moore and Greg Olson and all the rest of the offensive staff to try to open up things, maybe do things creative and different. However, it be, it creates a situation where, you, you know, like you come off of a, a game and you got a short week over Thanksgiving, then you got some extended time. You could try to put some things in prior to Kansas City, but I don't know how far you're going to go or get away from you to what you do. There were a lot of new plays or a lot of – let's take, take that back. There were a lot of different formations and personnel groupings in the Washington football game that I've seen in many times. The two-back system with Drake and Jacobs, they yes. did that a couple times. Yeah. They hadn't done that before. Right. You see what I'm saying? So there, there, was some, there was some creativity there. Execution wasn't always there, but there was some creativity there. Now, because of Drake's injury, and, and of course, being without Jalen Shard, who was, I think was a big loss as well, really hurts them as far as what they can do, what packages they can have. The injuries are starting to mount up. No doubt about it. I mean, it's, it's, I know nobody wants to hear that. But it does play a role. By the way, here's Josh Jacobs um, talking about expressing that frustration that you just expressed, uh, Lincoln, earlier in games. It's very frustrating. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely very frustrating, really annoying, really um, just starting slow every week. I feel like um, and, and taking too long to, to, to be who we are um, is it, definitely frustrating. And I kind of voiced that a little bit today. That was Josh Jacobs talking about his frustration, but he also talked about things that he can do or talking to players um, to get guys just fired up, urgent, all of that. Here, here's Josh Jacobs talking about that. Uh, I mean, I'll just come to the offensive line um, and, and to the receivers and tell them just, we got we to gotta be who we are or who we think we are, um, and we got to have some juice and some energy and some, some, some type of swag to us. Um, I feel like we come in just stiff and, and, and dull in games sometimes. Um, and I don't feel like it should take somebody having a big play for everybody to take to that mindset of, of, of wanting to be on that. So that's kind of just where I, I was at with it. And, um, Kirby used to tell me all the time, um, inspire the guys with how you play and the effort that you put on the field. And that's what I try to do. But some, some games it just be like, I don't know. You heard the man, uh, Lincoln, and that's frustrating to hear. It, it's it's troubling to hear, right? Because you know, there's something wrong when you're just going through the motions. You're not fired up to play this game. Look, in order to do what you're asked to do on this level, you gotta love to do it. I mean, you gotta love to do it. I mean, you're putting your body and your mind on the line every single time you go out there. If you don't love to do do it, there's something wrong. Someone doesn't need to get you fired up to play. The- 
nickname. I have a problem with that. And if it's the running back, and if it's Josh Jacobs, and he knows that he he admitted, well, we're you know we're starting off sluggish or dull, you know, then you need to go around and head slap each one of your offensive <laughs> line. Look, I need you, man. Open it up. I need you. Let's get this win today. Whatever you need to do to fire him up. But there's got to be somebody who does that from a team standpoint. It's not always a raw raw situation coming from the coach. It's got to be somebody that does it from the team standpoint. You know, I remember Tim Brown would come and he would pop every offensive lineman on the chest. Bam, let's go, let's go, let's go in the huddle when we were warming up to get you into that mood. And then he would have somebody give the pregame speech, but they still do all that, all this other stuff on the field. But it's about it's about playing. You don't need a big play to fire you up. If you're not fired up to start of the game, if you defer the kick and you get on defense, defense is supposed to go out there and fire it up, right? Get off the field, right? Right. That's what you. That's what you want. Get off the field, and then if you, hey, if they get give up a touchdown like they did in the Washington game on the opening series, okay, Derek, somebody in the side, here we go, here we go, let's go, let's go, run out there, do our thing, let's go, let's go, let's go, get in the huddle, let's call the play, let's go. Hey, look, we need this. Let's put a drive together. Let's get back into this thing. Somebody needs to do something, and I don't know who does that in that locker room. Well, I know that Alec Ingold um, was a big part of that. He was yes. the guy that would speak in, you know, before the game and the in the, yep. with with the guys surrounding him and all that. And uh, he was he was pretty uh, emotional and and passionate and all that. But even when he was here, and and, and we, we, you know, we all love Alec, but it wasn't like this year in particular, all year long from the first game to yeah to, to Sunday, they just don't get off to to, to fast starts. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, if it's a lack of urgency, is there is it one guy? Is it two guy? Is it all the players? Um, I, I I don't know, uh, but it's something that the Raiders have to address. It's something that they have to figure out because you can't continually put yourself uh, in in you know behind the eight ball when it comes to the score. And here's the other thing, Lincoln, you brought up, um, you know, the fact that injuries are taking a toll, and they are. That in itself should make you more urgent because you know that every down, every exit, every play, every rep is precious because you're not, you're playing shorthanded. So, you know, whether it's playing 110%, if that's even possible, um, or just playing with more of an urgency because you know you got to get it done. Everybody's got to pick everybody up when Darren Waller's not out there, when uh, Kenyon Drake uh, get, get gets hurt. Um, you know, if Deshaun Jackson can't go, the way he went against Dallas, we all got to pick it up, type of a thing. I just, I, and it, it, maybe that's happening, but they're not executing. Well, well, look, it, it comes down to this as a professional, which is inexcusable. You can't run the wrong way three times. It, it's inexcusable. You you can't jump off sides at home when you can hear the count. It's inexcusable to 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 fire out to a point on a on a, on a defensive tackle and end up giving a, getting a holding call, which backs you up. Um, it, it's inexcusable to allow your hands to slide up to somebody's face while you're blocking them. These are mental errors. These are mental errors where you say you lack focus and concentration. You need to pull it together because everyone out there is making money and if you don't, then you need to be replaced if you're not going to be able to do it. If you grade out poorly game after game or have the same type of mental mistakes or same type of blown errors, then yes, you need to be pulled. You need to do something. Uh, as I said before in the show, there are a lot of coaches who are coaching for their, their, their coaching positions and you can't continue to watch the same mistakes happen and just tolerate them and say, okay, well let's just make Let's just, you know, one snap and clear. Let's go on. No, 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 no. It, a lot of the things that you just described, Vinny, are, are mental attributes. Who's the alpha on the offensive line, do you think? It's got to be Colt Miller. He's the I most mean, consistent. It's got to be. It's got to be. Got to be. I don't, I don't see anybody else. Can't be Andre James. He's not there yet. 
I don't know if they are, and I don't know if that's in his personality. Don't know either. I don't have access to the locker room. Yeah, I, you know, once upon a time when we were we're on the team, I could I could look at guys like who was who was in the offensive line, um, like with the Rodney Hudsons and the Gabe Jackson. Well, Rodney Hudson was, but before Rodney Hudson took it, when the Raiders signed Kalichi Osemi, that was the that was and they still they still had Penn back then. That was the that brought the more aggressive nature out of Rodney Hudson as well as Gabe Jackson. That, so that's where because I, I don't I don't you know Alex Leatherwood is a rookie. Alex Leatherwood is a physical guy. When he's not making dumbass penalties, he's physical, and he's he he can, he can do the job. Um, but the problem is that the penalties, and he hasn't been able to cut down the penalties. You know, so you know that those those types of focus errors, he's got to be. There's got to be somebody that's in his ear, like, dude, you got to be better with your hands. You can't get called to holding. Why are you firing out on this technique? You know why? You know why did you do that? Trying to talk to him. I know that they're tryhards out there. I see that they're trying, but they're making some dumb mistakes over and over again, which are just unsound. I think the Raiders either need to trade for or sign a veteran offensive lineman that can be. A leader type, you know. I don't know who it is. As porous as offensive line play is around the league in many places, they're not. It's not like you've got some good tackles who just sitting on the bench. No, of course not. You know, and they, like they said, they they wanted they, you know they they wanted to have that with Trent Brown, who by the way, his fat ass played a good game last night against Buffalo. <laughs> to see what he you know see what he can do when he when he really wants to apply himself. But the inconsistencies there, he didn't want to play when he was here. I don't know what Belichick did to motivate him to, to get him to play there, but you know he was pushing people off the guy off the game uh, uh, off the line of scrimmage. And I knew he was a good player when he wanted to play. He just didn't want to play when he's here. So it is what it is. Yeah, that was that's that that opened up a huge hole. That's yep. the right tackle that the Raiders had signed three years yep. ago to be here for four years. Yeah, and he played sixteen games wow. in two years. So stealing, yeah, right? A mask over you know, face, and, that, and those are those are decisions that are um, end up really they they doubly hurt you. A, they're hurting you in real time because he's not out there performing, and then B, when you have to get rid of him. It leaves a gaping hole, gaping hole that you were counting on to be filled, and yeah. uh, sometimes like that's not a bad. That's I mean, maybe giving him that kind of money was a bad decision, but in and of itself, the player himself, uh, the talent, was was a. They're, 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 who doesn't want yeah, a Trent? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like when Trent Brown's right, he's as right there, as. There's got to be a lot of attention to detail looking in the mirror for this coaching staff because if you you look at the team they're playing this this week. The Kansas City Chiefs have a whole new right side, and they're playing well. Right. They got a center they drafted in, what, the fifth round or something like that? He's the number one ranked center in the NFL. Right guard, right tackle, all playing well, right? Right. They 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 totally reshifted it their offensive line. came together. Yep. Throughout the season. The way – Exactly, that, as you're yeah. supposed to. And that's that's my point. So the, the, the errors that we're seeing by these guys – Colton Miller is the most consistent offensive lineman we have. All right, let's go. Let's let's talk about the offensive line. Colton Miller. Colton Miller is the most consistent. Yeah, I mean, he's John Simpson. You you thrusted John Simpson in a spot to where I don't even know he was ultimately prepared to go as a starter. Right. Okay. I don't think he was there. Now you told me the development and 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 what he the the attention he played into the offseason. I get it, but there's still still came in as a backup. Yeah, they still came in as a backup, and there's still some technical issues that he has with his blocking, his hand placement, way he comes off the ball, certain run plays, so on and so forth. Okay, Andre James. 
teams, was one of those newcomers that, you know, let's be honest, you didn't play you didn't play center in college. There's a lot of things that goes through a center's mind when he's up there. When he gets comes up to the ball, he's announcing who's the most dangerous. He's announcing who we're playing to, the four bigs and the mic. You know, there there's a lot of things going through. Not to imagine, not to not to understate getting the snap back there. You know, I think Derek is a lot more effective coming from under center rather than out of the gun because it gives him a little bit more options, and I think that helps secure Andre James. That's why I think you've seen a lot more of that. Uh, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. There's times where he's got to go in the gun so he can serve the defense. Okay. Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood started out a right tackle, as we know, had his issues. Now, again, the big thing with Alex Leatherwood, I'm trying to explain it to people at home, he likes to get it because he's strong. He likes to get his hands out there and leave them out there. You can do that at guard. You can't do that at tackle because Vinny at tackle, you got to be like a boxer. So you throw a punch, I counter. You know what I mean? You go the other way. You 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 sweep for my right arm. Ah, put it back. You know, wax on, wax off. You got to be like a boxer. You got to be able to use your hips. He's got decent hips. He's got decent footwork. You got to be able to stay in front of him, intersect with your hips. Now, when they come like that Yannick way or, or Max Crosby move where they're bam violent over the arms, got to be able to reach up. You know what I mean? Reset. Oh, ha. Yeah, miss my arms, but he's more suited for guard right now by the way he's playing. Okay, so that's I think that's a wash. But again, you didn't plan for him to play guard. You planned to have Denzel Good and and Alex Leatherwood be on the right side. Those are going to be your road graders. We're gonna we're gonna get to Brandon Parker here uh, in one second, but let's do this. Buy, sell, John, John Simpson. No, you keep him. Buy, sell, Andre. Keep him. Buy, sell. Um, I know what you're gonna say yeah. here for sure, Alex. Yeah. I'll keep him. Brandon Parker. Can I go to another store? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, swing you know, tackle, guys. Swing that... tackle, which is invaluable in its own. But, geez, somebody, somebody, please show this man how to stop a bull rush. He's got every other tangible, but he cannot stop physical players. And everybody wants to run through the center of his chest because he invites them. Right. Um, so, I, 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 so going into next year, right tackle. you got to get a right tackle. You're okay with everyone else. No. I will keep everyone else because I think they're going to get better. But you know, it, it takes time. It takes you can't keep changing up your offensive line and think they're going to gel. Right, got to have some consistency. I think everyone would agree that Brandon Parker is probably better suited as a backup. As a backup, true story. So whether it's free agency or the draft, uh, right tackle, and maybe. You, you, um, you hope everyone else, like you said, gets better. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln up here talking about uh, Iowa and Ohio State and who's in the Rose Bowl uh, and, and all that, which is... It's wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can see what the Rose Bowl was thinking, though. Um, no, they, I, I, they... I get it. And I love the Rose Bowl. It's the granddaddy of them all. But, you know, the, the the point, you know, when I was in school, it was the Pac-10 champion versus the Big Ten champion. Period. Exclamation. Now, point. when they started the playoff, they said, okay, if either one of their champions are in the playoff, you're. I thought it was understood you would take the runner-up. If that was truly the case and not what we're seeing today, the, the runner-up would be Iowa. I know they got mud-stomped against Michigan and, and the Big Ten Championship. However, they won their side of the conference, and they are actually the Big Ten runner-up. And that's, that's where it gets a little murky. Lincoln, mm-hmm. because if you just if you took out the divisions and just went top to bottom in the mm-hmm. Big Ten, 
It would go. It would go. Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, and so yeah, on and but so you, forth. The, but you have divisions. You have, in, yeah. you have divisions in a place for a reason, right? <laughs> now, now you're telling me Iowa gets penalized because they, you know they they lost a couple of Let games. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What if the division winner from that side of it was seven and four? They just happened to win their division, and then they go get they go get beat by Michigan in the championship game. Now they're seven and five. Does, is the role, should the Rose Bowl be obligated to take the runner up in that regard? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. You know what? Here's the thing. You watch a lot of these universities when play the schedule game. To where they create oh, beneficial don't get schedules. Me on that. Okay, so so when you talk about going through your conference, you, I, I think it's probably fair to say what Michigan and Ohio State was the biggest one on on that side, and maybe maybe yeah. you want to go Penn State or whatever. But you know, I would be Penn State, didn't I? You know, when Penn State was ranked, yeah, you know that should be worth something. That's how they got. And, and I know they, they they had a little bit of the subpar season. They lost a couple games. I get it, but to me, when it comes to the college football playoff, the future of it. I just hope that conference champions have a say in it. Regardless of the record, if you're a conference champion, you have a say. Much like pro football, because we've seen seven and nine teams go to the playoffs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Division winners. You know what I mean? Here's what, here's, here's what I would say. Let me ask you if you if you agree with me on this. I you know I didn't. I'm covering the Raiders. I don't have right. a whole lot of time to look into a bunch of other things. Georgia. I'm just assuming Georgia's a really good team. Yeah, and they did have a great record and yeah. the number. Okay, so their biggest win was against a down Clemson team, mm-hmm. ten to seven. Mm-hmm. They, you know, so after that, they didn't play a very their side of things in the SEC was down. So they beat Kentucky, they beat Arkansas, they beat Tennessee. None of those those teams are right. really much of anything. Their non conference schedule besides Clemson was Georgia Tech, yep. who's been way down this year. Southern Charleston, yeah, and yeah. Alabama Birmingham, yeah. But, uh, but so here's I'm the thing. Like, they, they, they played the schedule game to do. get themselves all the way totally. where they needed to get. They had that one challenge, if you will, for Clemson, the way it looked on paper. First game of the Because that's exactly what we're going off. And then you look at the schedule that they had. They run the gauntlet through what their their version of the gauntlet. They get to they get to play Alabama in the SEC championship, which you're trying to position yourself for. Uh, if you're either Alabama or Georgia, all the teams are trying to position themselves for that. Because you look at Alabama's schedule, it's not uh, other than, you know, the going through their conference, uh, their side of it. They lost to Texas A&M, right? Yeah. But who else did they beat? They, I'm sure there's a well, – did they, they LSU. Probably, they probably uh, played someone like, you know, Costa Tijuana Tech or something like they that. They did. Okay. They had so a they, games they've, like they've that. had their games, and even where they position themselves with buys. I'm not trying to take anything away from Alabama. Damn good football team. I think this, this quarterback's probably going to win the Heisman. That's just my opinion. But um, I will say this. They took care of business against Georgia, who was ranked number one. Right. Totally. But because of the power of the SEC, oh, whatever. well, I can't wait till the SEC does go to however many teams, thirty thousand teams, however many they, because they're going to have to play nine to ten conference games. Yeah, they don't. I think they only play seven right now. Yeah, which they is only want to play twelve. Plays nine. Yeah, as a roundtable. Yeah, so yeah, they're going to have to go to that. There's, there's no doubt about but, it. By the way, real quick, uh, don't forget to Tequila Embajador tonight is presenting Soul Town over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill. It starts uh, at six o'clock, so uh, right on the cusp of that. Go check it out. It's a great event. Uh, lots of good food, good drinks, great music. Real quick, we're going to go out to, is Phil still waiting? If we could get to Phil real quick. Phil, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Vinny, long time, man. Phil Jones, how you been? I'm good, brother. How you doing? Doing great. Oh, look who calls. <laughs> Phil. Phil called. Go for it, buddy. <laughs> it was just Phil on my I didn't know it was Phil Jones, but uh, Phil, what you got, brother? So, I mean... You know, you guys said some great things. I mean, hey, this 
O-line has not been looking great in the run game. And then you have Josh Jacobs, you know, missing holes that he shouldn't be missing. But the thing of it is here, I'm shocked. The pass blocking is actually holding up better than the run blocking. I've been saying all year the run game has been pathetic. You can't not have a run game, period, Phil, right? No, you're you're absolutely right. But when you look at Sunday's game, you got to kind of be impressed because you're going against a top run defense, which is the Washington football team, which they've held all season. But when you got this, the pass defense that you're going up against that's ranked dead last, and you're not scoring any touchdowns in the air, missing wide open guys, we can't keep doing this. I agree. Five games in, you got five touchdowns, four interceptions. With about 1,300 yards passing. I agree, man. Uh, good points. Thanks for the call, Phil. Uh, always a pleasure talking to Phil Jones. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy. I want to say thanks to all the callers, Phil included. Uh, call a little earlier uh, so we could get you on for a little bit longer. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Lincoln Kennedy, thank you so much. Uh, great to see you live and in person, not just in the press box. Uh, we'll do it live. We'll do, do it live. Do it live. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Uh, thanks to all our, our callers again. Thank you to Inbahod or to call, uh, Tequila, uh, Dr. Robert Odell. Uh, Demond Cotton, thanks for everything you do, keeping us on time, making us sound good. We'll be back at it tomorrow, Wednesday, 4 to 6 p.m. The Raiders are back at work over at the practice facility at, in Henderson. Uh, we'll get their thoughts, talk to Derek Carr again and Rich Basaccia and everyone else that we're going to talk to. So we'll have some thoughts on all that as they get prepared to go to Kansas City for a must-win Lincoln it's a must win. They're all must wins. They're all must wins. We are in agreement. Check you guys out tomorrow.